We have a lot of local meetups and big conferences that are organized every year. I see a lot of potential and I see a lot of people working for companies from the United States or, or from Europe. I see like the development community is getting bigger and bigger and, and development positions are getting more popular here in Argentina. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, we've got Facundo Giuliani. Uh, hopefully I got that right. Yes, yes. Thank you very much for having me here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, Like, what's, what's your role in the Jamstack and uh, why are you here? Cool. So, well, I, I've been working on software development, web development, and, and other kind of applications for the last probably 15 years or 12 years, but in the, in the latest time, I was focusing more on front-end technologies and I started to read and, and to, to learn about the Jamstack. It was a concept that I got interested in because it reminded me to uh, the 90s uh, static websites that I used to do when I was a teenager, let's say, uh, using applications like Microsoft Front Page or uh, Dreamweaver was the other one, uh, where you were able to, I don't know, drag and drop some elements in a document and they looked like a web page. I mean, they, they were a, a web page. And when I started to read about all these tools to create static sites, to follow this Jamstack uh, movement, this Jamstack approach, let's say, I started to get more interest. I mean, in the last six years, I worked mainly as a backend developer, but I was always interested in other technologies, in front-end technologies, reading about them, working on side projects and personal projects with front-end technologies. And the Jamstack, I mean, got me because I think it's pretty cool. I mean, Again, going back to the roots of uh, using static sites, but using tools and technologies that were developed in, in the latest years, right? And, and that they are still being uh, updated uh, and, and new things coming uh, really to, to this movement and being able to improve the experience, not only for the developers, but also for the users. Excellent. So Storyblock, uh, it's a headless CMS I've actually chatted with a bunch of folks who, who sort of fill in that area in the space. So like, what's what sort of stands Storyblock uh, apart from the rest? Cool. So yeah, I mean, Storyblock is a headless CMS that offers uh, an API that the developers can can use and can connect with uh, from their applications. I think that one of the main differentiators from other uh, headless CMSs or options in the markets are there in, is the real-time visual editor that the product offers because even though that you can use a headless CMS to create content and maintain content that can be used in multiple channels, I, I mean you the, the content that you create in, in the application or the admin panel of a headless CMS can be used in, for instance, mobile applications or applications for smart devices. If you are working on a web project, which is probably the, the most common use case, let's say, you can connect your web application to Storyblock 
and it offers a real-time experience where the content editors and content creators can create the content and modify the content using the website uh, front-end, let's say. So they are seeing uh, in real-time how the content that they are creating is going to look like when they deploy that content to the production or when they release a new version of the website. So you don't need to do a build of your website to display the, the changes that you're applying or you don't need to do any kind of merge or change in the code. You as a content editor, content creator, you do the changes, you generate the content, create the content without the need of a developer in the middle. Yeah, yeah, that's that's big. And uh, I know I, I talked about open source maintainers, you manage documentation and changes in documentation could be a little hefty uh, because you have to merge those, you have to commit those to Git. And um, I get why that makes sense for documentation, but for like websites, marketing sites, things where you could update maybe the copy or the title or a name of a feature changes. I'm looking in the story block and I, I checked out the feature page and you have the idea of like content type. So is this like API driven? Are you able to just go into different fields, identify different pieces that, that um, content editors can keep up to date? So yeah, I mean it's API driven, the like the the CMS itself, but the users of Storyblock can define their own entities that you can manage in your, I mean, let's say database or your data structure, and that can be used in the applications that you create or the projects that that you want to create. The thing is that Storyblock is a component-based CMS, so uh, following probably something similar to the atomic design approach, you can create components that can be nested and these components can be reused in all the pages or or, all the entities that you can have in your application. And what you consume uh, from the API are these components in uh, a JSON tree format, let's say, that you can use after that in the front end of your application following the same pattern that you use when creating the entities of the content in Storyblock applications. So for instance, if you have a landing page with a header or, I don't know, a title, an image, a paragraph, uh, a teaser, a grid of features, and etc., you can bring those components or blocks, uh, as we call them, to your application and use them and like create a visual representation of them that you can link and that you can use in this real-time visual editor to enable the, the content creator to manipulate these entities and see how they are going to look like. So you can create the markup of each one of these components in your application and, on the other hand, generate the content for these components in the Storyblock uh, panel or the Storyblock application. The components that you will use in your applications, you can define them. Uh, you can create unlimited uh, components in Storyblock application. You are not limited to a certain uh, set of components to use. So that's super extensible. You can define the fields of those components, the properties, and, and etc. And after that, use the properties of these components to drive the style of your application. I, I, I don't know. You can set the possibility of a content editor to set the, the background color of a text box, for instance. And you can define the properties or, or the options of the properties that the content editor can select in Storyblock 
uh, application and after that code the like the logic in your application setting the the CSS styling that you want to to link to those properties excellent and then I, I'm curious to for developers uh, a lot of times the CMSs are specific like WordPress is one that folks we all know the the headless uh, well WordPress has the Gutenberg at the web editor um, that's open source and built on React and it's now now it's headless and you can inject that into like your your other types of sites uh, so I'm, I'm curious at the flexibility of Storyblock like what sort of technologies can you work with uh, to like Im- embed this into so well technically as it is uh, API driven you can connect with any technology that you want I, I mean it's like consuming any other third party API or, or any service let's say Storyblock created and maintains uh, different SDKs to make the work easier to work with Storyblock API and with certain programming languages like for instance well, for JavaScript, we have for different frameworks like like Next.js, Gatsby, uh, Next. If you are working with Angular, if you are working with PHP, Laravel, uh, ASP.NET, we have SDKs to make the work easier for the developer to connect to the API and to manage. I, I don't know, probably an object-oriented uh, logic to work with the objects that you are bringing from the API. But also, we have this Storyblock bridge that we call, which is a JavaScript file that you can inject to the pages of your web project to connect to the real-time visual editor. I mean, you should include this file only when you are working on the development mode or the testing mode because you don't need that in production. But uh, including this JavaScript file will make your website to be like editable through the Storyblock API and allow the content editors to manipulate it. But again, if you're working on a web project or a website, you can use any programming language or any framework that you want, just connecting to Storyblock API and and consuming the JSON object that the Storyblock API uh, returns. Cool. And uh, I'm I'm looking at the uh, what we call in the business mooseheads, but yeah, it looks like quite a few uh, companies are leveraging Storyblock uh, in some of their campaigns or their projects. Do you have any context on like how Adidas and and Deliveroo are, are leveraging Storyblock? Um, not about them, but uh, we were lately talking about Education First, which is another company that is using Storyblock. What they do is well offering like programs to to learn different languages and what is also like a challenge to to the platform and and for them of course is how to create um an application that is translated in 53 different languages and that you have thousands of pages for each one of these languages so they are using uh, Next.js, Bercel and Storyblock and they are using different features from from Next.js framework like uh, incremental static regeneration and well they are handling this way of generating static assets at build time but uh, I mean if you have millions of pages you can't build all of them whenever you are building the the website so for instance um, education first is is one of the uh, greatest projects uh, that we know that they are supported using Storyblock. But again, as you say, Adidas, the Deliveroo, and, and other companies use uh, Storyblock. We have like a um, use cases uh, section in our website where you can see, and, and some of them have shared the experience of working with Storyblock, how they connected 
their projects and, and their applications using Storyblock. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious, what attracted you to work on CMS? Like, do you have backgrounds in, in this, this space? As I said before, the, the latest years I was working mostly on backend development, but when I started to work with the Jamstack and to learn about the Jamstack, the headless CMSs are like a, a crucial part of, of the Jamstack website, let's say, or, or the Jamstack applications. Well, I, I've used some of them in the past. Uh, Storyblock was one of them. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that the product is very cool. I like to work with Storyblock because I did that in the past and like advocating about Storyblock would be gen- genuine is the word. Sorry, <laughs> probably I'm not uh, English native. so I think authentic would be... Authentic, uh... that, that's the word. So I, I mean like working with a product or advocating about a product that you, you like to use, it, it's something authentic. So I was looking for... A move from a backend developer or, or a regular developer, let's say, position that was what I did for the last uh, 12 years to a developer uh, relations engineer, which is a position totally new for me. I, I, I mean, I, I've never worked as a developer relations engineer or developer advocate. So I'm taking these first steps with a product that I've used and I like and, and in a field that I'm really interested in, uh, like the Jamstack, the headless CMSs, and the front-end development. Cool. And then you, you had mentioned that uh, English is not your first language. So like you're, you're based in Argentina, and I was curious to ask about um, just the, the developer scene down there because I've, I've not actually spent time for a conferences. I've been to Colombia, which I, I realize is not directly even in the same vicinity as Argentina. But yeah, what's the developer scene down in Argentina? Well, we have a lot of uh, local meetups and, and big conferences that are organized every year. Unfortunately, these last couple of years, we, we weren't able to do that in person. But I see a lot of potential and I see a lot of people working for companies from the United States or, or from Europe. And when you are starting to, to learn technology, the other thing that they uh, suggest you is to learn English also because it's like a tool that you can have in the future to uh, join teams that are based in, in other countries. But I know, as far as I know, a lot of people is working for companies from other countries or even uh, for Argentinian companies that have clients in other countries. And I see like a lot of communities trying to offer the people free content or free courses or trying to uh, do some trainings or online courses about uh, different technologies. Like in the last, I don't know, five years probably, I saw how the people that went to to college, to the university to study, uh, started to be less comparing to the people that started to learn in online platforms or or learn with other methods, let's say, probably schools with courses focused on the front-end development or full-stack development. Yeah, I I mean, I I see like the development community is getting bigger and bigger and and development positions are getting more popular here in Argentina or or at least in South America in general. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you mentioned the, 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 I guess, slowing down of events, local events, but I'm curious... In the last couple of years, like the events have all gone remote, so the access to like we actually at the time of this recording, Jamstack Conf 
uh, is happening. So like everybody's been able to access all the Jamstack information and content that's out there. So you primarily work remote, uh, and I imagine there's been a lot more interest in folks in a, in the similar U.S. time zone to also work for. Um, at least U.S. companies, but also companies based in Europe and et cetera. Yes, yes. Working uh, remote, uh, like probably in the last couple of years, people working from the United States for companies in the United States, by, but not in the same city, uh, get more popular as far as I know. And the advantage that South America has is that the, the time zones are very similar to the ones in the United States. So if you have to work with different meetings uh, or I don't know you have you need some availability during work time uh, it's better comparing to other places in the world but depending on the company uh, but in general the companies uh, find out how to manage that I mean working in different time zones uh, right now I'm, I'm working for a company that is fully remote but it was founded in Austria. And the main part of the team that I work with is based in Europe. And we work in an asynchronous way. So uh, like you, you have to, probably you have to learn uh, to work in, in that way. But there is, I mean, the, the remote positions are being more popular during these last times. And for people in South America, it's a great opportunity because you can find other kinds of jobs or other kind of positions that probably... If you focused on only Argentinian companies, uh, that wouldn't be possible. For instance, the like the developer relations positions, as I can see, I mean they, they are more related to big products or, or services that they are offered and how to advocate uh, about them and how to link the, the products to other technologies, tools, frameworks, and etc. And if you are not working in a product, probably you don't really need. Uh, complete area of development or, or developer relationship, sorry. So, for instance, in my case in particular, I don't know any person working from Argentina as a developer relations engineer for an Argentinian company and, and not even for a company uh, from another country. So that, that's something that I'm seeing in this last year and probably it's an opportunity that is appearing and something that will start happening more frequently in the next uh, couple of years, let's say. So I, I'm curious if folks have not heard of Storyblock up to this point, um, how can they leverage it in their apps today? Okay, so if they want to learn more about Storyblock, they can go to storyblock.com. Also, they can visit storyblock.com slash technologies. That's our technology hub where you can see all the tutorials, guides, uh, videos that we have to create projects using Storyblock. We have all the SDKs for the programming languages and, and frameworks that, that we've created and, and we maintain. We are now working on a version two of the Storyblock interface and experience. It's like a closed beta, but you can register for that beta going to storyblock.com slash B2. And after that, you will be able to see the, the new interface that we are working on and the development team is putting a lot of effort on that. Creating an account in Storyblock is free. The starter plan for creating a space and working on a personal project is also free with unlimited uh, entities that you can create, unlimited components, unlimited content storage that you can create, unlimited space to upload assets. So 
uh, I encourage you to to take a look to Storyblock and to to try it and well to bring your your comments and your feedback of of course. Excellent, but I hope tons of people who are listening to this. I hope you all check it out. Uh, definitely worth looking into it. A lot of great companies and a lot of great uh, interactions. Uh, not only uh, a bunch of front end frameworks, but also looks like you support like Python and and some Ruby libraries as well. So definitely going to give it a look. And uh, at this point, we want to transition to what we call jam picks, things that we're jamming on. Uh, this could be movie, food, technology related. So there's no limitation. Uh, we, we do get quite of a variety of, of things that our people are excited about. And uh, with that being said, I'll go first. Uh, my pick is actually gardening. I don't think I've actually mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I ended up moving to another side of Oakland. Uh, now I have a backyard. We, we thought during the pandemic, we had some some stuff that we thought about and it's like probably more valuable to be in a spot where we can have a backyard and more space versus being close to San Francisco. So I'm honestly the same amount of time away from San Francisco. I just happen to be on the just a different part of the freeway access. But with that being said, uh, I've started growing. We've got corn and bell peppers and got some chili peppers and tomatoes and tons of like herbs as well. And it's completely different because, like, I now instead of me going straight to my desk and like the starting the, the day answering emails, uh, first thing I do is go to the garden and check on to see like what has now been produced overnight. Because sometimes I could be, I get a little surprised and lucky that a new tomato shows up. So um, yeah, so I just go out there, I water the garden, I prune stuff, pull back some some weeds and stuff like that, and it's like a a different like it's more of like meditation at this point where I can go do something that doesn't involve, you know, sitting behind some lights and a desk. Uh, highly recommend to anybody, if you do have some space, uh, I've been researching, so it's above the ground garden. Uh, it's like a, a planter box. Sorry, it's called a raised bed. I don't know what I was trying to say before, but a raised bed garden. And uh, we can always turn it over for different seasons. It's just a small amount of space that takes up the backyard. And uh, yeah, we're good to go. And I'm excited to Future updates and, sh and sharing, definitely check me out on, on Instagram, Yo on Instagram. I'll be sharing pictures and, and updates there. That, that sounds super cool. I moved uh, five months ago, probably. I, I live in Buenos Aires, the capital city of Argentina, but in the suburbs. And we moved to a house. So I have a, a backyard and a garden, but I, I didn't get into it. And now I'm listening to you. I'm getting your recommendation for the following <laughs> months. Uh, the, the spring is starting here in Argentina. So probably uh, I will try to uh, research about what kind of, of plants I can put in my backyard. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I have uh, a couple of picks. Uh, one of them is related to development. Uh, it's this new framework called Astro. I'm, I'm starting to learn about it. Yep. Uh, sounds interesting. Uh, I don't know, creating static sites using less JavaScript, but being able to, to create these sites using uh, JavaScript frameworks like React, Vue, Svelte, and all of them all together in the same project uh, sounds interesting. So, so I'm trying to, to learn about it and, and to play with Astro. Uh, you will probably see an an Astro Plus Storyblock tutorial uh, soon in the site. So um, that's one of my picks. And the other pick is not related to development, but I I was looking for different music to listen while I'm working, but also while I'm uh, riding my bike. And the other day I I grabbed my bike and I was biking for probably a couple of hours, three hours or, or so. And the music that I was in my headphones was uh, this band from, I think they are from New Orleans, uh, The Meters. 
which is not super popular here in Argentina, probably, but uh, I knew uh, a song from them, which probably is the, the most popular one. And after that, I, I went to the albums of, of the band and I, uh, I was listening to that while I was uh, in my bike, like going through the city. Uh, it was a very, very cool experience with the sun there. It, it was a very cool experience. And, and while the band sounds like super funky, you know, it, it has the, the groove, let's say. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it makes me want to actually fix my bike up and actually leverage it again. It's been a while since I, I went for a ride in the city, um, but I used to do that quite often back in the day. But Facundo, thank you so much for chatting about Storyblock. I hope folks found this insightful. We'll definitely check it out. Uh, and also giving us a little insight of your, your part of the though at the world. I forget that you're below the uh, equator. So your, your spring is now going to be my fall at the moment. And uh, yeah. yeah, so we're at polar opposites, but glad we could connect for the podcast. Uh, so listeners, um, hope you enjoyed and keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 